Hello, Les Raymond here with the Mindful Movement. Whether you are about to enjoy one of Sarah's beautiful meditations or dive into a podcast interview, I would like to remind our community that the best way to support the Mindful Movement is to support the companies that make this happen. Sarah and I are very picky about the companies we choose to work with, and we are grateful to have the relationships we have and to share them with our listeners. You can learn more about our affiliates through our website by clicking on the Favorites tab. We are excited to have recently added Sunlighten as an affiliate. They make state-of-the-art infrared saunas, and their founder, Connie, came on for a recent interview if you would like to listen. Our Sunlighten sauna has been a family favorite for over a decade. Some of our most popular affiliates are the grounding mats from Ultimate Longevity, which we sleep on every night, and the Apollo Neuro, which Sarah is now wearing daily to help manage stress. When you support these brands, you in turn are supporting the mindful movement and helping Sarah and I continue to devote our time to this passion. Whether you check out these companies or not, I just want to say thanks again and reiterate how grateful Sarah and I both are for all of the support over the years. I hope you enjoy the episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Mindful Movement Podcast. I'm Les Raymond and I want to thank you all for joining me for another episode. Today I have a specialist on EMF, electromagnetic frequencies. I was intrigued by learning about EMS a few years ago as I was on my own like healing journey and it was brought to my attention that there's more to our environment that we can easily see and one component of that is really the amount of exposure we have to different electromagnetic frequencies. And it was very intriguing to learn that these frequencies can interact with our biology. And in some ways that's really positive, but it can also in many ways be negative. And when you are trying to provide an environment where your body can be at its best, there's a lot of value in having an awareness of those potential effects and being mindful of the environments that we spend our time in. This is probably most important when we're sleeping because when we're sleeping, there's all these restorative, regenerative processes when we're um, you know, repairing DNA damage and recovering from oxidative stress and all kinds of things that just kind of bombard our body through our normal metabolic processes and the environmental exposures that we have. So I'm excited about learning more about this. I have Anthony Smith on today with EMF Safe and they provide different products to help people kind of mitigate their environments, especially at their house, so that they could really account for some of the potential negative things that could take place from excessive amounts of exposure from these frequencies. And I know for me personally, I've always known that, you know, when I'm like walking on the beach or when I'm camping and I'm really away from you know, traditional building architecture, that there's just a sense of ease inside my body that I appreciate. As if my nervous system is just dialed down a notch and it seems like 
like it's just good like there's a rightness to it that i appreciate and it feels like there's a kind of a shift towards homeostasis a coming home if you will in internally and that speaks to me and maybe it speaks to you too so hopefully in this conversation you'll learn kind of a emf 101 and maybe some things to look out for and how these become so intrusive to our environments and what are the things that we can do to mitigate those and um, you know at some time, sometimes this could feel a little overwhelming because it seems like you can't really hide from them and we don't want uh, you know perfect to be the enemy of good enough but there are things that we can do that will can move the needle in how much exposure we have and sometimes they're they're fairly simple strategies so hopefully Anthony could give us some tips on that I hope you guys enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Mindful Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Les Raymond, and thank you all for tuning in and listening to another episode. I'm really excited. I have Anthony Smith here. He's the Director of Operations from EMF Safe. And his work and the work of his company has really helped me and my family in our journey to really clean our, the environment in our house. He offers some unique uh, opportunities for us to mitigate EMF, electromagnetic fields that are excessive in our environment. And for a lot of you out there, you might not know what those really are. And I myself have just been on a learning journey over the last year or so on these topics. So I'm excited to have Anthony in here to kind of give us a EMF 101 and let us know how these technologies could help us when we're navigating how we want to kind of design our life. So Anthony, please say hello to the Mindful Movement audience. Well, hello everybody. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Les, for inviting me. I'm glad that you uh, found us. I think you found us on online look, doing your research and I'm, I'm glad that uh, uh, something out there works and we were able to make that connection and appreciate you uh, inviting me to uh, share some information with uh, with your audience. Um, that's very mindful of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thank you for taking the time to, uh, to do this, have this conversation. I know a lot of people out there have heard about EMFs and maybe the risks involved with them, but I think there's a large percentage of the population that aren't really uh, up to speed on them. And sure. maybe we could start off by te you telling us kind of how you got into this field and then kind of go, and then maybe I could explain to the audience how, uh, what it's meant for me. And you could go into maybe some of the science behind it and the practical application for, for the end users. So how did, how did you get in? Yeah, well, first of all, EMS, for those that don't know, is electromagnetic fields. And uh, electromagnetic fields are uh, electric fields, magnetic fields. It includes radio frequencies such as cell phones and Wi-Fi and that sort of stuff. But uh, my, my journey started uh, quite a few years ago. Uh, I actually started out at uh, college. I went to uh, hotel school, studied hotel management. And part of that course was not only uh, food, nutrition, health and nutrition and things like that for those of us that chose to go into the um, um, hosp hospitality industry as far as hospitals and things like that was concerned, needing to understand the, the science of food and nutrition and health. 
but also uh, planning and environmental design. So I've had an interest in um, design layout, um, how buildings work and all the different things that go together to make a comfortable environment. So I've kind of had a background here. Um, after I left college, I joined British Airways. I, I flew as a flight attendant for five years with British Airways. So I've had the uh, honor and privilege of having traveled the world, been to, I think a total of 42 countries, flown a million miles, six continents. Um, so um, in 1983, I came to uh, America, uh, landed here in Texas. Um, and then uh, in 2008, we moved up here. My wife and I moved up uh, to Oregon, which is where I'm speaking to you from, uh, uh, Medford, Oregon. And um, I worked as a photographer, uh, videographer, web design, uh, for most of most of my life in, in Dallas anyway, and um, have always maintained an interest in health and nutrition. I've actually developed uh, some products of my own, uh, the Gift Cream, uh, which is um, a, uh, I call it a moisture easing cream. Uh, it works on a number of different levels, moisturizing and, and helping people just calm down. It's got a n number of... Um, um, 90, 80, 90, 80% organic. Uh, and anyway, it, it, that was one of the things that I did. And, um, just my interest in health and nutrition and uh, supporting my wife's health. Um, you know, you, you, you come across a whole bunch of things when, when you're researching, I, it led me to red light therapy. I was involved with that for a while and then red light therapy led me into EMFs, electromagnetic fields. And I was looking for somebody in the area to uh, help me with that. And in Southern Oregon at that time, anyway, there was uh, nobody doing any kind of EMF mitigation. So I thought, well, there's a, an opportunity here yeah. ties right in with all the things I've been interested in and I've been doing. And so um, spent some time educating myself and in the process of doing that met up with uh, Dan Everson. And Dan um, had developed the, some people may have even heard of the kill switch, EMF kill switch. Uh, we did change the name from the EMF kill switch to the EMF uh, sleep switch. We thought it was better to, to help people sleep than to kill them. <laughs> now, obviously the, the kill switch is a technical term, which is perfect for an engineer because you're actually killing the circuit. So, um, but yeah, from a, from a marketing point of view, the general population, it doesn't, doesn't go over so well. We joke that people thought we were killing sheep. And if you take the time to go to our website, you'll see that we feature the sheep and the sleep sheep because of the EMF sleep switch. We've put a lot of the sleep sheep out of business because people are no longer having to count them. So they came to work for us as sleep consultants. So that's, that's our story. Um, so, um, Electromagnetic fields. I mean, that's, that's kind of my background and, and, and how I got into it. And then Dan and I found that we had an awful lot in common. I'm sort of more on the, the marketing and customer support and service side of it. And he was the, uh, the geek engineer, a former uh, aerospace engineer, put payloads into space for NASA, things that we're not allowed to talk about. But um, there you go. Um, so he worked in the aerospace industry and uh, he got into this because... Um, he was actually uh, in a relationship with a doctor who was insistent upon turning off the, the uh, circuits in the home at night, um, which as an electrical engineer, he said, what are you talking about? 
EMF, electro, why is this even an issue? I've been working around EMF all my life. And she said, well, just try it. So he had to walk to the basement, turn off the, uh, the circuits. And after a few days, he was sleeping much better, uh, noticed some health benefits. And then he put two and two together and looked back on his life of working in Faraday rooms with some highly sensitive secure equipment and realized so for, that- uh, for, for those of you listening, a Faraday room, as I understand, that's something that blocks all um, like radio free frequencies, all EMS. It's a, shielded, it's, it's a shielded room. Like when you go to the hospital and you have an X-ray, you're, you're in a shielded room because they don't want the X-rays getting out and affecting everybody in the area or an MRI or something like that. Um, the thing about Faraday rooms, they keep all a lot of people in the EMF community think that that's, that's a great way to keep out EMF. But the problem with, an, with a Faraday room, it keeps any EMF that's in the room in. And so Dan put two and two together and realized that a lot of the health problems that he and his colleagues and the people that he were working with were due to the EMF that they're exposed with, everybody working in that Faraday room with all of that electronic equipment in it had serious health problems. And for most of them, those health problems went away when they left that room and got another job and they worked somewhere else. So there, there is a lot of um, tangible evidence. Uh, there's hundreds and hundreds of medical studies been done around the world uh, proving the direct correlation between EMF exposure and different health, negative health effects. Now, I'd like to quickly say that some EMF is actually very, very healthy. Uh, red light therapy is very, very healthy. There's all kinds of frequencies that are used. The Schumann residence is is in and of itself a um, an EMF. And that, uh, if you uh, don't, isn't that? I'm sorry to cut you off. The Schumann residence is that, so. That's what the Earth is naturally giving off that we've been interacting with, like since the beginning of you know our existence. Is that I yeah? It was a sound wave. You're saying, or is sound? Well, in the same field? Well, it's, there's, there's a sound aspect to it and an electrical aspect to it, because obviously the earth is, is very electrical. And so Schumann was a professor and one day he's in the class and he challenges his students to um, uh, trying to understand resonance. It just flew into his head. Well, let, let the earth in and of itself between the surface of the earth and the ionosphere, there must be, there's, there's, a, there's a physical space there. It must have a resonance. So he just threw that out there to his class and he thought, well, I, I need to figure this out for myself because I've, I don't gonna know if the answers they come up with are right or not unless I do the math myself. And he did the math and it came to 7.83, I think. 7.83 Hertz. Um, and so, a number of years later, some people were doing work with uh, brain scans and brain waves. And this group found out that the brain at rest, when we do the deep dive sleep, goes to that exact frequency. So our reset button at night when we get that deep dive sleep is the same frequency as planet Earth. And people who are cut off from the resonant frequency, like they put a bunch of students into a cave somewhere, and after a few days or a few weeks, they started going batshit crazy. I mean, they, they, they were like, 
And so they looked at all the factors that were coming to play. They changed one thing because they suspected that the Schumann residents might be part of it, which is why they put them in the cave to begin with. And uh, they introduced the Schumann residents into that space, unbeknownst to the students. And literally within in hours, everybody calmed down and came back to a, a normal mindset. So we know that it's absolutely vital, which is one of the negative effects of a Faraday room is you're sleeping in that at night. And yes, you're cutting yourself off from the cell tower outside your bedroom window, but you're also cutting yourself off from the Schumann resonance. So there can be uh, some negative effects to, you know, we have to be very careful how we go about mitigating these problems and these issues. And they're different for everybody. Everybody's circumstance and situation is different because sometimes without measuring, without doing a little more research and looking into it more deeply, we can actually be, uh, solving one problem, but introducing ourselves to another problem that can cause more problems than the first problem that we, we dealt with. So there is a science to this and, and we need What's to be careful how we go about it. What, like when, uh, I'm sorry there, like what's, what's a typical problem somebody would have that would make them even seek this out? Like how do they, when they, when they are identifying that something's missing or something's interfering, how does that manifest in oh, like- good, how Yeah, good question. So EMFs affect 100% of all of us. Uh, it's estimated that about 30% of people have symptoms that are related to EMF and 5% of those uh, normally EHS people have been uh, are so far into it that they have realized, they've come to the realization that, that their physical problems, uh, the symptoms that they're manifesting are directly related to their EMF exposure. And they know that by when EHS, somebody comes- hmm? EHS people? What is yeah, that? Yeah, electro EHS, electromagnetic, electrohypersensitive syndrome, oh, okay. EHS. Uh, it's recognized- There's like a variation in how sensitive somebody is to these. Absolutely. Just like food sensitivities and sensitivities to anything, they affect some people, they don't affect others. Uh, some people are so sensitive. I've got a friend who was with him a couple of days ago. He's actually a chiropractor. Um, and if I walk up to him and my cell phone is in my back pocket and on, he says, you have a cell phone in your back pocket, it's on. If you wanna to talk to me, you have to turn it off. Because if I walk up to him and the phone's off, he doesn't say anything. It doesn't bother him. But he can tell if my cell phone is on or not because of the field, the frequency that that's putting out, he is particularly sensitive to. So um, if, if he gets into a space that's high in EMF, uh, he gets brain fog. It shuts him down. He gets out of that space, cuts off the EMF. Uh, he, he recovers. Like I'm, I'm sitting here in my office here, so I, I have a, a, a multimeter here. It, it's a uh, we, we sell it as a body voltage kit. So I, I turn it on to volts. I hit select. It's using AC volts. And unlike yesterday when we spoke briefly and had a bad connection, right now I'm sitting in 1800 millivolts. Can you see that? So that means there's that much millivolts just kind of passing through your body right now that's in your immediate environment? 
Yeah, I, I've I've given this a, a a this this grounding cord is plugged into the ground. I tested it first with a uh, this device to make sure that the ground was safe. Right. Uh, there was no cross wiring or anything else like that. I plugged the ground in, and so I'm giving those fields that I'm act, my body's acting as an antenna. So those fields are coming into and through my body. And I've plugged in a ground cord and I'm in contact with the ground cord with this handle. So it's metallic and I'm in contact with it. And so I've given those, that E field, a path to ground. And that path to ground, rather than through the floor, through the chair that I'm sitting on, uh, is going through the meter so I can actually measure that field. Now, I have a remote control device here and Wait, you see where this. Those coming from? So like, that's not the Schumann resonance. So where, no. what do you attribute what that device and for, for the listeners, uh, he's holding something up. If you're listening to this and not watching it on YouTube, um, it's a little handheld device that reads uh, the electric, electric field that based on whatever is touching that. So where are those fields coming from, if not just the earth? Is that just all electrical devices that are around you? Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm sitting in an office. We've got a computer, a couple of print, actually uh, three, three printers <laughs> with, within the six feet. All electrical devices put out an electric field six to eight feet into the room. Now, uh, all the fields that are affecting me right now, mostly it's the wires in the wall in the room that I'm in are putting out a field six to eight feet. Where I was yesterday, uh, actually my, my home office is in my RV and my RV runs on 12 volts, which is why I think when we were talking, what was my body voltage? It, it was, was like- really low. You were bragging. I was jealous. I it mean, it's like 40 minutes. what it was, but it was like non-existent. Right, because I, I was in an RV and an RV runs on 12 volts, not, tw not 120 volts. So that, that was the reason why. Um, uh, okay. So yeah. it's 120 volts that's going in all of our walls, basically. So it's not so much like the cell phone cables, even though they could be problematic, or the computers. It's that's the RF. electricity that's leading to them, like that's in right. everyone's so, walls. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got EMF, um, electromagnetic fields, and included in that is radio frequency. Those, those are the higher bands. So... Um, Electric fields are put out by anything that's plugged into the electricity. You've got AC electric fields, which is the mains, the 120 volts. And you've got DC electric fields, which is direct current, which anything running on battery is running on DC, direct current. Uh, and they tend not to have a, a negative effect on us physically. I'm not saying that exclusively, but we generally don't worry about DC voltage. So my iPad that I'm speaking to you on right now, I'm not plugged into the mains. It's running on uh, DC voltage, and I haven't done this, so let's. So I, I'm at 17, 1800 millivolts. I touch the iPad, and it's changing a little bit, but but very very little. If I had this plugged into the mains on an ungrounded power cord, which I think, you know, most of us are familiar with the two the two pin plug. There right. you go, <laughs> the two pin plug. If I plug into that and I touch my iPad, my body voltage goes up to 40,000 millivolts. So wait, compare now, that to what you just said. Right now you have it 1600. Yeah. The, so you're touching the, your iPad, but it's not plugged in. So it's not making a big difference, but you're saying it's, if it was plugged in to an ungrounded, 
which how right. how the plugs come with iPads, then right. that's where a big problem would arise. Absolutely, absolutely. Do we know uh, why DC current doesn't have that negative effect and AC does? Well, part, part of it is, um, part of the problem with AC fields is the alternating current. It's the fact that it cycles the, the, the electricity, AC voltage, alternating current. That electrical pulse is turning on and off 60 times a second. It's actually uh, 60 Hertz. That's what 60 Hertz means. It's oscillating at 60 times a second, which happens to be the same frequency our brain goes into epileptic fits and things like that. It is very, very bad for our brain. And our brain is having to work very, very hard to filter out that frequency. And it takes an, a great deal of energy for our brain to filter out that frequency because it's, it's bad for us. That's been proven scientifically many, many years ago. So let me just show you this. I, I have um, on my desk, I've got a lamp. You can't see the lamp, but I've strung these Christmas tree lights up behind. Lots of people have plants on their desk and they decorate them with Christmas tree lights. So I have a remote control switch here and I'm gonna hit the on button and you see those lights come on behind me. Right. Okay, turn them off, turn them on. So here's my, so turn them off. My body voltage is um, 1600. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, look at that. So that's dramatic. Turn it off. Okay, so for those that aren't Turn watching, when Anthony turns on the light behind him, it's going from 1600 to 4500. So all that electricity is now passing through your body. So my body is acting as an antenna right. because we're 70% water. Uh, those we, we run on electricity. That's why you have EKGs and ECGs. They're measuring electric fields in your body. So anything electrical affects us. So the lamp that I'm not even touching, I'm not even close. I mean, the, the, the cord is here. Now look, is it five? Uh, touch that cord. What is it? So what happens if you were to touch that cord? Will yeah. it get even worse? What's the reading right now? 4.6. So it's, oh wow, just doubled. Went to 8.2. No, uh, okay, yeah, so that's... Uh, so it's 8,000 millivolts. 14,000. So we Let should go. not go through life holding on to Christmas lights, sure. So <laughs> well, the, any, anything that's ungrounded, any lamp, any electrical device, anything that's ungrounded is going to put out a field that's going through your body, through your feet, if you're sitting in a chair through your butt, it's going through the chair to ground and you are part of the circuit. And it's you being part of the circuit that is the problem. And at night, when your head is 12 inches from the wire running through the wall behind your bed, because you've got a his and hers plug on each side of the bed, there's right. a wire running between them. And your head is 12 inches from that cord, just like I'm here, if, if I, okay, so I'm gonna lean over here. It just goes up just from you being near closer to it. I'm not touching that, right? But my head is 12 inches, just like it would be through the sheetrock if I'm laying in bed and right, just so moving away for context. So that's around you know 5,000 ish millivolts. Like, 
At what point do we know that it becomes uh, deleterious to our health? Like, at what point is it a problem? Excuse me, turning them off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. So the Building Biology Institute, there are, there's lots of research being done around the world. Uh, and if, if you go to our website, uh, EMF Sleep, EMF, <laughs> EMF Safe Inc., we've got a number of uh, domains, emfsafeinc.com forward slash, um, what do we set you up as? Uh, mindful. Mindful. Uh, that's your, your landing page. And you can go from there to the rest of the website. Um, so... And I reference all of these medical, uh, if somebody wants to read them, do the research, uh, we, we reference all of those medical reports. But the Building Biology Institute recommends at night we have less than 100 millivolts at night to sleep in because we're 10 times more sensitive at night. And so during the day, working in an office environment, if you can get below 1,000 millivolts, you're, you're in pretty good shape. Anything above 1,000 uh, is really is concern. And they have the, picked out those numbers uh, because there is direct correlation between frequencies that low that they can associate with causing cancer and various other physical maladies and problems and issues that people have. So, um, but in you know, this environment, I mean, that sounds overwhelming, like as if there's not enough for us to deal with when we're trying to be, as if trying to be healthy is not an uphill battle as it is. Like if you work in an office building, it's gonna be very challenging to really mitigate that. But the sense I get is the time to prioritize is while you're sleeping, while all these regenerative processes are going on in our body. Okay, so in actual fact, uh, if you work in a commercial office space, you're, you're, you're actually far better off uh, because the wires in that building by building code across the country have to be grounded. They use metal clad wiring and the ground those, all those cords and cables are grounded. Hmm. Unlike in a house where you just got plastic Romex running through the walls, that's throwing out a field. The, the wiring in the building in a commercial building is not throwing out a field at all. Now, when you plug your computer, your laptop, your um, printer, your toaster into a plug in that commercial building, then you are bringing that field out into your environment and it is the device that's actually broadcasting that signal not the wires in the wall so we can um, control a lot then by what we choose to plug in in our immediate space then yeah i was in a, a friend's house um and i his printer he had two printers up on the table next to him and they were plugged in, the wires went down, and they're to a plug over on his left-hand side. So when he sat down at the desk, his feet are like 12 inches from the wires running behind. All I did was unplug the printers and plug them into a plug to his right. So those wires are running away from him now, not in front of him. And his body voltage went down from 2,500 millivolts to about 800 millivolts, just because I physically moved the wires that his legs were close to. Wow, that's really- So I, I knew that, I, I, I knew what his reading was because I measured. And then when I unplugged the wires and plugged them in somewhere else, I took another reading sitting in the chair where he would sit. And I knew that I had mitigated from 2,500 down to 800 
I didn't unplug. I didn't turn anything off. Everything was set exactly the way it was before, but I reduced his daytime EMF exposure, electric field exposure, by uh, what, tw uh, 75%, just, just by in, in two minutes, just by unplugging some cords and plugging them in somewhere else. What do you generally find uh, as the feedback people give you after there's mitigation? Like what they, what's typical? What do you hear what people notice? We, we, we had one guy put uh, a sleep switch, safe switch into his house. He had been having constant continuous migraines. And after one night of having the sleep switch, which meant he turned off the circuits in, you know, that were affecting his bedroom, uh, the next day for the first time, as long as he could remember, he did not have a migraine. Oh, wow, just like that. Uh, a, a great example, we had a family that got a sleep switch. They had an autistic child. Child was five years old and had never spoken. Within one week of having the safe switch, sleep switch put into their house, the child started talking. Wait, say that again? That sounds amazing. Can you repeat that? They had a five-year-old child that's autistic. Within one week of having a sleep switch put into their house, which means they had a, a, a mitigated sleep sanctuary, a mitigated EMF environment. So now at night for eight hours, however long they and their child was in bed asleep, there was little to no EMF. Their EMF went, I don't know what their reading was before, but it's not uncommon to find, like me sitting here, uh, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 millivolts. Uh, the goal is to get it down with, with the sleep switch I identify the circuits in your house which are affecting you because obviously most of them don't hopefully only the ones running through your bedroom under the bedroom uh, through the ceiling so you identify those circuits with a meter uh, turn them off so within one week of sleeping in a mitigated environment their five-year-old autistic child that had never spoken began to speak that is amazing what a cool story now in California, um, last year, well, two years ago now, when they had all the fires and uh, the power company was turning off the electricity in areas to, so they didn't have transformers blow up and start fires all over again. Uh, so, so they were actually turning off certain neighborhoods for a week. We have multiple reports, again, of people with autistic children, because autistic children are particularly sensitive to EMFs. Now, whether their sensitivity to EMF is a contributing factor to their autism, or because they're autistic, they are more sensitive to EMFs, chicken and egg. We don't know. I'm not claiming saying one thing or the other. All we know is that people with autistic children and many other health problems and issues found that after a week of having no electricity, they were very, very much better and their symptoms returned once the power was turned back on. Wow. Direct correlation, yeah. direct correlation. And I noticed, I think I am a little uh, sensitive myself. And I, you know, I, I got Lyme disease a few years ago and I've dealt with mold toxicity. And in my journey of healing, I've been a part of like a lot of groups online, just trying to learn from people that are going through healing journeys. And it's definitely a common, topic that these communities are 
more likely to be sensitive? Well, um, yes, there are uh, people with PS, uh, PTSD. Is that because the nervous system has been like rattled and it's kind of on edge and there's like a, a danger response that's going, the sympathetic system's already a little over upregulated, yeah. I guess, overstimulated. And then that becomes something that puts you over the edge easier. There's a number of theories. So whether uh, some kind of brain injury, uh, uh, tra traumatic, you know, um, what PTSD, um, Lyme disease, people with certain other maladies, um, uh, whether that makes them more sensitive to EMF or whether EMF has a direct effect on their immune system. So because their immune system is overworked and taxed by having to deal with the EMF issues, when the EMF issues go away, that energy can now be put to dealing with the Lyme disease, dealing with the other issues in their body. And so whether it's directly affecting them or indirectly affecting them because of its effect on the immune system, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I can't, you know, I've not done the research. There's, there's all kinds of research being done. There is, a, there is a direct correlation between EMFs and many, many symptoms. And we know that because when the EMFs go away, the symptoms improve. And, and, and now, so whether that's because the, like I said, the, the immune system has more energy to direct to those problems and issues, um, or whether those, the, their physical maladies are, are a direct response to the EMF, uh, I don't know. But I know too much is bad and less is better. So right. we're we're in we're in the business of less is better right. and helping people to uh, reduce their EMF exposure for a multitude of different reasons. So yeah, does do you know in your research that they've identified any potential mechanisms of action of why it negatively affects? Like, do they observe in a lab like? what the waves do on a cellular level or is it affecting the mitochondria or how oxygen's uptaken or is there any? Absolutely, there's a direct correlation between um, uh, EMFs and the effect that they have on our body, specifically the pineal gland. Now the pineal gland is that gland in the, in the middle of your head, the third eye, right. um, but the pineal gland is responsible for melatonin production. The pineal gland interprets EMF and, and light, which is, a, which is EMF and EMF itself. It just happens to be very healthy. Um, obviously, we can't live without daylight, but um, blue light at night is toxic because in our natural environment, the sun is, is white or blue during the day. Lots, lots of you, um, blue light frequencies. And at night we get in the sunset, orange, yellow, red, red light. Uh, and that tells the brain through the optic nerve, but also the big ball in the sky puts out a, a phenomenal amount of thousands of frequencies of, of electromagnetic frequencies. The pineal gland can pick that, those signals up and it equates EMF with daytime. And if your pineal gland 
thinks it's daytime, it doesn't release melatonin or it doesn't release enough melatonin to allow you to rest and get that restorative deep dive sleep that we all need, which again, helps our immune system and helps the body fight off, um, you know, all these other factors that we're trying in our, we get daily in our environment, that the immune system at night is supposed to heal and detox and fix all the things we broke during the day. But if we, if it is so overworked because of other factors in our environment, EMF, the wire running through the wall next to your head, uh, is having to fight that, then that energy is not being dedicated to healing and detoxing and fixing the stuff you broke during the day. Right. And there's a direct correlation between um, the melatonin hypothesis, which is Dr. Um, uh, he won a Nobel Prize for his work on uh, neurotransmitters, uh, Julius Axelrod, um, and uh, the pineal gland is responsible for releasing serotonin, and it converts serotonin into melatonin. Uh, and it's that melatonin that uh, has hundreds of functions within the body, one of which is allowing us to get that deep dive sleep. So, so serotonin too. So just the act of compromising serotonin, I would think, would have its own set of potential problems. Yeah, EMFs have a direct effect on the pineal gland. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, let me share with the audience how, how I came across, if you don't mind, Anthony. We were... So we've gone through um, a couple like rounds of mold remediation in our house. We had like this initial round where it was the discovery of, oh, we have a problem. And we went through a, a big kind of tedious and really unfortunately expensive process to, to mitigate that. And then when there were some symptoms in the house years later, we figured, well, let's, let's recheck because we had a, we had a warranty on the work from the motor mediation company. It was like a two-year warranty. And they told us like, take advantage of your warranty. Like when, right before there's two years up, just pay for an inspection. If there's a problem, then we'll fix it. And for them to honor the warranty, you had to get somebody that had a specific type of license to, to check. So there were two styles and one was, I think, uh, Something building hygienist. A built building biologist. Built, yeah, building building biology, biology institute. Building biologists. They they are the most trained and qualified professionals in the country dealing not only with EMS but mold mitigation, chemical. They, they go in and they check and measure buildings to make sure that the buildings are healthy. And if you have a problem in that building, they come in and find that problem, and then they're able to help you mitigate that problem so you have a, a healthy wholesome living space yeah that's what they do and i am always skeptical of like who's doing is the person doing the testing the person that makes the money from the fix is always um sometimes yes to me so i didn't so i found a company to do the audit that didn't sell any remediation services all they okay. do is inspection right. and they came in and we checked out pretty good for mold but while i was there He's working with uh, his own style, like meter. And he says, while I'm here, you know, I could check for these other things. I could check for EMF. And I had heard about it, 
mostly through like other health related podcasts. So I said, sure. I was interested to see what our environment was like. And it was terrible. It was really <laughs> alarming. And it was like a wake up. And I've had trouble sleeping for a long time. And especially after uh, the Lyme, it, it was, uh, there was a long period where I really struggled getting a night's sleep. So he's showing me things and, and then he said, you know, there's a lot of ways to mitigate. So there's different um, angles to take, but he, and they didn't recommend you. They didn't recommend any companies, which I liked, uh, but they said the best way to do it is to get some type of kill switch where you're cutting it off at the source because it's just so much easier. Like you say, a Faraday cage, not very realistic. There's a lot of things that are not very realistic to apply and not jeopardize your quality of life a bunch. Um, so I was convinced that the idea of cutting it off at the source overnight was not, it was the way to go. And the idea of going into the basement and doing that every night seemed absurd and not realistic either. So also I not safe. If you okay. go to our website, there's photographs of what can happen. Oh, okay. Very rare. But those breakers are part of the safety feature of your house. They're designed to cut off the electricity if there's a power surge in your neighborhood or somebody throws a hairdryer in the bathtub so right. the house doesn't burn down. Um, and if you use those as switches on a daily basis, you can actually compromise the integrity of the switch. So when there is a reason for them to operate, they don't operate the way they're supposed to. And so it can be actually be very, very dangerous. And we've got photographs on our website that show what can happen if one of those switches fails. So there is a safety, not only convenience factor, which is very real, but there, there is a very, very real safety issue with flipping the breakers on a, on a regular ongoing basis. We, we actually have a sleep sanctuary challenge where we say, turn off the breakers to your room every night for a week and see if you don't improve. If you improve, you know that EMF is a contributing factor and then you need to get a sleep switch. But beyond a week, we, don't, we do not recommend it for safety reasons. Sorry, Kerry. Yes, it's it's so important for people to know that because we don't want to put people into harm's way. That's why we're EMF safe. Right. We want you to be safe from EMF, but we also want you to be safe from your house burning down in the middle of the night too, so. Yeah, um, yeah so, I, so I found that this product you have was ideal because it comes with this remote so like you could get in bed flip a switch and then you know drop out all this dirty electricity that's affecting you and then when you wake up hit the switch and it comes back on so it sound really easy to implement i, I think the neat things that are generally easy to get from a to b and um and that was really profound and I'll tell you, really helpful because when I called originally, I mean, you spent a good 30, 40 minutes on the phone with me talking through the process. So I thank you for that. And, You're and I, you know, I'm sometimes I want to kind of shoot from the hip and not so detailed. And I'm glad that you really press, pressured me on being thorough with the testing. Like we live in a house, it's got two big panels, there's a lot of switches. And you make a good point that you don't need to turn them all off. You just have to identify the ones that are mostly negatively affecting you, the area that you sleep. So you provided this tool and Anthony showed it up in the video earlier. What is that testing tool that you guys provide? What is that called? 
Okay, well, we, we test the circuits first to make sure that everything's safe. And you can buy these in any hardware store. And that tells you if, if you're neutral and power or ground or crossed or mis mismatched. Because before you plug a wire in that you're going to touch into the ground, you want to make sure there's no current on that ground because of some wiring mistake. So that's the first thing. So is that, so, a, is that a common thing where when a house is being built, the electricians screw something up and there's a ground that's hot? Uh, Aura Miller, who is a building biologist, he's one of their trainers. Uh, he, he does a lot of their courses and he's been doing this for 20 years, I don't know. Uh, he estimates that 50% of the house, 50% of the houses he has personally inspected have wiring errors. 50% of the houses that he has personally inspected have wiring errors. And that's not part of like getting an inspection when a house is being built? Um, the inspectors apparently are doing a very <laughs> good job. You're trying to be nice, I see. <laughs> they okay. shouldn't be there. The electrician shouldn't do it. Uh, what happens is you've got uh, two circuits. You've got a positive and a negative, and the neutrals are supposed to independently run back to your panel. Now they're all joined at the panel, and electricians, in their desire to save time, will take neutrals and combine them together out there, you know, in your house somewhere. So what happens when they do that is you've got three amps going one way from your breaker box out through that circuit running through your house and only two amps coming back the other way because one amp is going in another direction. Uh, that causes magnetic fields on those wires because all, all electricity causes magnetic fields and, and it goes this way and then on the neutral it goes the opposite way. So those two fields, magnetic fields, literally neutralize each other so when you've got Romex wires and you've got the new the positive and the negative physically next to each other they cancel out the magnetic fields the reason we get magnetic fields from power lines above us is because it's just a it's just a it's just the power line it's just the positive there is no neutral so that is putting out a massive magnetic field because there's no neutral right next to it or they separate them or, you know, in, in sub substations, they're, they're not physically together. So both of them are putting out this huge magnetic field. Fortunately, magnetic fields drop off dramatically in a very short distance, un unlike electric fields, which can go out six to eight feet, as far as the, the power levels that we're talking about within a home. The magnetic field is gonna drop off with, within inches or, or feet. But again, if your whole head is close to that wire, 12 inches, through the sheetrock, um, you you can if you have a wiring error on that circuit, you not only have a an electric field to deal with, you have a magnetic field, and magnetic fields are far more detrimental to our bodies than electric fields are. Oh, we'll save that for another day. I know. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about a kill switch is when you kill that circuit, you're killing the electric field, the magnetic field. Any RF that's on that circuit, if your Wi-Fi is on that circuit, if you still use Wi-Fi, uh, you're killing that. And any dirty electricity, which people are increasingly concerned about, if you kill that circuit with a, with a safe switch, uh, you have dealt with 
all of the EMF running through that circuit. So it takes care of all of it. Yeah, I, I like the cleanliness of this type of, in, this um, interacting with this problem this way. It, yeah. It's seamless. No, so up front, there's a little bit of work. So for the listeners out there, the testing, this is what I experienced. You, you sent me this uh, B, body voltage meter, this handheld BBK. BBK, and for those that are watching, it's here. And if, if those listening, if you go to the website, um, and uh, click click on the links, go to the BVK page. Um, this is, um, and, and, and I think, um, I don't know if you want to get, get into it, but uh, uh, those of your listeners, uh, you, you've, you've arranged for a 10% discount for them. Oh, so it's our, it's our pleasure to, to provide that. Then you just use your, your code, mindful as a code, if they, they want to get one of these. Uh, so, uh, you know. Thanks, Anthony. We will provide all that in the show notes for the listeners out there. Okay. Um, so you get this kit, you, you test the outlet with that little plug it comes with, and then you plug in this BVK and it tells you what your current reading is. And you could kind of walk around your house and see where the problem areas are. And then when it comes to setting up the kill switch, I guess the key is to get where you are when you sleep. So get in bed and check the reading there. And then you generally need a partner to help you with this. You get somebody to go to the circuit box and basically go through flipping the circuits to see which circuits move the needle, move the dial the most on your reading. It's that simple, absolutely, yeah. Right, and then if you could get, like in our case, seven, it took seven circuits and it's a fairly large house. So it took seven circuits to get to a pretty decent number. Um, and then we bought an eight circuit. So we have one to spare that's unused. I'm kind of waiting to see what I want to add to that. But uh, I bought one that uh, fits that size. So even though we had like, you know, 40 circuits, we really only had to address seven of them to prioritize. So. Oh, absolutely. And not, uncom not an uncommon experience. Right. So then it came in the mail like uh, a week later or so. And the, I just hired a local electrician for a few hours work. He basically set it up for me. And then uh, we have like two sides. So we have, two, we have a two zone unit. So the kids are on one side of the second floor and Sarah and I on the other side. And like we have A zone. So, and then my kids have B. So my son, he's the one that's up the latest. So like we'll handle our side. And then because he's up late, he hits the button before bed. And then my daughter who wakes up before him hits their side to turn it on. And they just keep the, the remote in the hallway on a desk for them to share. So whoever's you know last to go to sleep or first arise, hits the button. And, oh. um, and it makes a difference. So my feedback is I've been using this. It's been a few weeks now. Mm -hmm. And I am definitely getting deeper sleep. I mean, there's no question. In fact, I almost feel, and maybe you've heard this before, I, I could, uh, I do a lot of like detoxification work. I look at detox as almost like a lifestyle. Um, and I know some people are just- Oh, it needs, it needs to be, it, it yeah. needs to be, yeah. And I know a lot of folks due to like genetics or maybe their history are better at detoxing in general. 
but I know that I have some struggles and I really have to work hard for it to be successful. And sometimes when I am detoxing, there's like a negative um, period when all of a sudden circuits are coming on board and like your body's going through work and it's productive work, but in the act of that work, sometimes you might not feel the best. And I feel like it kind of triggered that. Like I felt like all of a sudden I was getting sleep at a level where my body was trying to resume something it's been trying to do for a long time. Yeah, so what, what you're experiencing is, is what's generally called a healing crisis, which means when the body has, uh, when you take, get rid of the things that are interfering with your particular system, and it's different for everybody, but in this case, we're talking about EMFs. So if that was one of the contributing factors, or that was one of the things that was getting in the way of your immune system working uh, at, at a high level, so you, you took that off the table. Now your immune system can direct that energy at healing and detox. And so because it's detoxing, you actually go through what's called a healing crisis where uh, you know, it's, it's shaking everything up. And as those toxins are leaving your body, you get headaches, bad breath, body odor, uh, it can manifest. But then uh, when people fast, they often go through headaches and detox and things like that. And that detox process can be any kind of detox. I mean, is uncomfortable it can be brutal depending upon what you're detoxing but um it's actually part of the healing cycle and so sometimes yes you 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 get the best sleep and then within a few days you suddenly go you know i you you get you feel sick but that's the healing process and if you can ride that out uh a few days hopefully only a few days later you will notice uh an even greater level of health because your body's able to get rid of those toxins and, and deal with that issue. And there's probably Absolutely. things we could do to help that process along anything that supports drainage of toxins, whether it be sweating or, um, you know, just drink, drink a pint or two water. of water first thing in the morning before you wake up, lean over, grab the water, drink it, flushes out your liver and kidneys. Um, yeah, I mean, there's all. I mean, I, I don't know how. In, if you personally are and, and with your audience gets into the, the nutritional side of things, but we do. We, we um, on here a little bit with some. Yeah, well, you know how important the biome is. The, the, your biome is is 70, 80, 90 percent of your health, depending upon who you ask. Well, you think your cells are sensitive to EMF. Your biome is even more sensitive to EMF. So the EMF. One of the negative effects of EMF on your body is the negative effect it has on your biome. So your ability to absorb nutrients from the food that you're eating, you know, if you're taking vitamins and supplements, your body, they only work if your body can absorb them. Well, if your biome is compromised by the EMF around you, by the laptop that you sit with on your lap for five hours in front of the television at night or whatever it is that you do, or the cell phone you keep in your pocket, this, um, affecting you know your whole middle region right. uh so when you when you give your biome a break all of a sudden it can kick in and do what it's meant to do so now you're absorbing nutrients at a much much higher level as well so this there's a, a domino effect here that that takes place yeah you know on that topic i, I remember hearing um i think it was dr neil nathan who wrote a book called um toxic like how to heal from Lyme and, and mold toxicity and I think he talked about this topic that was interesting um, 
I guess when people get mold exposure, for some people, if it's long enough or large enough exposure, eventually that will can kind of colonize in the intestines, just like bacteria. It's, it's, it's cumulative and EMFs are cumulative. So the more that you have, they, they, their effects accumulate. And, and so, you know, it's, it, you could not be affected for years. And then all of a sudden you reach tipping point for you, the straw that breaks the camel's back, and all of a sudden you think, oh, it's the Wi-Fi. Oh, it's the smart meter. Oh, it's the cell phone tower. You know, well, okay, that was the straw that broke the camel's back, but the camel's back didn't break because of that straw. The camel's back broke because of the load it was already carrying. Right. And what we're talking about, if you can take 70% of the load off the camel, maybe that straw won't affect you that much anymore because right. there's nothing much you can do about your environment outside, but you have total control of your in-home environment. And it's actually the easiest to fix. So, yeah. Well, what he, getting back to what I was talking about, what, what he mentioned was, Sorry. <laughs> so when mold colonizes, there's kind of two parts. You have the mold and some people might have allergy to that or sensitivity, but it also, they produce uh, mycotoxins. So you know, the way I've learned it, the mold's kind of the gun, the mycotoxins are the bullets. But the theory is, is that mold doesn't like these non-native electromagnetic fields either. So when the mold in your intestines is bombarded with these same fields that we don't like, they don't like it and they get defensive and they're more likely as a defense mechanism, anytime they're under threat, they ramp up their production or their mycotoxins, which was an interesting theory. I don't know if that's been uh, like proven scientifically. I don't even know if it can be, but I think when they shine stuff and mold at the lab, they could see it. So I don't know if there's any really studies in the body on it, but it's, um, it's an interesting theory that wouldn't surprise me if it's true to at least some extent. And it's obviously, it's just more the reason to, to take this serious when you're looking at the things that, you know, we want to be able to control to contribute to our health, whether it be the quality of our air or water or nutrition or exercise, I feel like this is right up there, especially if you find that you don't have the health that you want, you deserve. It's something to look at if that is affecting you. And you guys have provided a product that I think makes it really easy to kind of in one swoop, um, make a really move the needle, which, I like yeah, I mean, it's a little work up front, but it's really worth it. Yeah. And we're not saying that the cell phone tower in your neighborhood isn't a concern and you shouldn't look at that and do something about that too, with maybe some shielding on that side of the wall or get a bed canopy. Um, but if that's five, 10, 15% of your EMF exposure and you're spending thousands of dollars to paint your room or to buy a you know, thousand, two thousand dollar canopy, but you're ignoring uh, the 70% of the load that your house is putting out, um, we, we just think the biggest bang for the buck is to deal with your in-home originating EMF. Uh, chances are that's going to solve your problem or reduce your sensitivity to such a degree that now when you go to the store, uh, it, you're not as negatively affected. But absolutely, if, if you've got a cell phone tower within a thousand feet, you should look at doing something about it um, I, I don't i don't mean i don't mean 
knocking down the cell phone tower. Um, what I mean is shielding that side of the room, uh, uh, but also, you know, and, and smart meters. And you should never, ever sleep with your cell phone on next to your bed. I mean, if you have to have it there, put it on airplane mode. Um, uh, you know, all those devices next to you or close to you cumulatively are having a, a negative effect. And the more of those elements that you can eliminate, reduce and or eliminate, the better off you are. We know that people who are exposed to more EMF have more health problems. And we know that when people's EMF exposure is reduced, they get better. It's that simple. I definitely feel, I, I notice like a, I would, if I were to describe it, when I hit the button, it's like a calmness, like the nervous system just gets dialed down a notch. And um, it, it feels like there's a, a, a this slight shift towards homeostasis. And it's right. subtle, but uh, and what, it. Yeah, once we talked about the meter, what also comes in the BVK is, is, is this pen. And this is nothing more, and a lot of people, you know, if you've done any home electronics, you may even have something similar to this and you turn it on and when you put it next to an electrical device, it beeps. And this is so that you don't work on an electric circuit that's still on. And, you know, so electricians don't blow themselves up. Um, something very similar to this, linemen wear on them. So if they come into contact with a field, it goes off and it tells them this is a live circuit. Okay. Now, I've, I've got it here. It's not going off because there's no electric field. When I turn on that circuit, Oh, wow. Okay. So that's a quick way to just test your area. Yeah. So, so this, this helps you to locate electric fields around your house or in restaurants, or you go to a friend's house and you sit down, you can get out your pen, you turn it on and you go, okay, there's no electric field. Uh, or you may find that, you know, there's a lamp next to you and the thing goes off. So you move to another chair. Um, having identified the circuit in your own home, then you can quantify it with this and you can find out that whatever you choose to do to mitigate the situation, did it help or did it make it worse? Because I've done some things that I thought were really smart and then I got the meters out and found out I actually made the situation worse. <laughs> well, that's a great tool you have there. Because I mean, hiring uh, the building auditor, the- it, uh, Building biologist, yeah. Biologist, like- or, or an EMF consultant. I mean, there's a number of guys out there that, yeah. Was way more expensive than what one of those, I mean, that's for a fraction of the price, you could test yourself, it's pretty easy. Depending you know, who you call and how long they're there and how, how many, much of their service you engage them for. Uh, but yeah, to have a building biologist come out can cost anything from 500 to $1,000. Yeah. So for a fraction of that, you could do this all yourself. You just get a buddy to help you out, flipping some switches. Well, with your discount, it would actually, they're normally 170. We got a special on right now, but with your discount added to our discount, uh, they're going to end up paying uh, $110, $112 free shipping oh, wow. uh, for those, for those that might be interested. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're not here to sell things per se, although obviously, uh, yes, but, uh, just, just having people educated, having people informed, just being mindful of their environment. If you're, if you're praying and you're meditating and, and there's a 
you don't know it, but there's, there's a wire running underneath the floor where you happen to sit or you're in a chair. Um, I had a friend who had one of those electric adjustable chairs and it was his comfortable place that he sat to watch TV. 12,000 millivolts. Oh, wow. Just sitting in the chair because it was plugged in. We moved that chair away. He got a, a different, you know, kind of a lazy boy type chair that was non-electric. His body voltage went from 12,000 millivolts down to 500 millivolts just by changing chairs in the fit, same physical place. Uh, so that was had a dramatic effect because he sits there for like five, six hours, you know, watching TV, reading, doing whatever he did. That was his happy place. So, um, Well, it's empowering. Like having the knowledge is empowering. Uh, at the Mindful absolutely. Movement, I mean, I say this over and over, but we're really passionate about like empowering people to play a bigger role in their healing because society like just doesn't do it for you. Like you, you have to go out of your way if you value health and you want to feel good. And for a lot of people that don't feel good, this might be the very thing that is, that is missing, especially if you've tried other things and you still like feel like you're not getting the progress that you want. This, uh, Some places you go, you're uncomfortable. That can be for any number of reasons. Yeah. Right? There's all kinds of bad energy out there, be it esoteric or literal physical bad energy. Um, but, you know, why do we go to the woods? Why do we go to the beach? Yeah, feels good. Why, why do we look for those dead zones? And how, how much deeper is your meditation when you're, you know, in the middle of the redwoods or on the beach? And, and this is part of the reason. Uh, there's a number of factors that come into that, grounding and all the rest of it. But... Uh, some ground is dirty. Some ground is actually putting dirty energy into your body. Um, other ground is clean. It's just like water and air and everything else like that. There's, there's good ground and bad ground. Some places just feel good. Other places you go and you go, you know, I'm just not comfortable there. I get foggy. My brain just, you know, I, I just don't like going there. And that could be for no other reason than uh, dirty electricity in the ground or EMF that's in that neighborhood coming from somewhere. So uh, yeah, less, less is more, yeah. So if, so if the kill switch is, let's say somebody is not ready for, maybe if they don't own their house and they can't put it in or, um, or maybe the price point is not something they're uh, ready for yet, what other strategies, like you mentioned, obviously don't keep your cell phone near your head when yeah. overnight when you're sleeping, that's pretty simple. I put mine... I leave it in the bathroom and I put it on airplane. Um, never, never put it next to your head because the, 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 remember, this is not just a receiver. It's a broadcasting. If your local cell tower is half a mile away, quarter of a mile away, the signal from your phone is being broadcast to that cell tower half a mile away. Wow. Yeah. So, so this is broadcasting. Play. And literally the difference between this and this when you have a RF meter, when, when I take my RF meter, which is a different meter than, than the body voltage, that's measuring electric fields. I took my ra radio frequency meter. I was four feet from a microwave oven and I got a reading uh, of 18. We'll just call it 18. When I was four feet from my Wi-Fi router, I got exactly the same reading. So your wife, people wouldn't dream of having a uh, microwave oven on their desk turned on as in cooking something 
for eight hours a day. And yet they're sitting there in their home office or their office at work with a Wi-Fi router that's broadcasting the same frequency as your microwave. And four feet from your microwave, you get the same reading on a meter as you do four feet from that Wi-Fi router. That needs to be turned off at night. Yeah, I did get a high reading. I tested the microwave too, and that did set it off. I, I tested how far, because I never really used a microwave, but there's some people in my house who use it. And it's kind of a running joke in the house. When they turn on the microwave, they wait to see me run away. I'm the weird one. So I like run away, but I've tested how far I have to stand away to not be in that field because it is a high field. And then, yeah, we went through a process of really hardwiring as much as possible. So we have Wi-Fi, but it's off, I'd say, 99% of the time. Once in a while, somebody will need it, turn it on. And then as soon as they're done, they turn it off. So we're never sleeping. And, it, and, it's, and it's, that, it's that simple. You, yeah. you can... Um, well, I, I need to be connected. I need to get my emails and, and my texts. Okay, we'll, we'll turn off the Wi-Fi and the Bluetooth. And once an hour, turn it on for 30 seconds or a minute. All the messages will be downloaded. All the messages you sent can be broadcast. Let it be on for 30 seconds and then turn it off again. Gotcha. It's that simple. Yeah, that's a great strategy. Are there any other tips like that you have? that are like the low hanging fruit that would be easy for somebody to. Yeah. Well, in, in you know, the, the bedside lamp, um, move it two or three feet away. If you've got a meter, you can test all these things. But uh, if you're sitting in your, you know, your happy chair, as I like to call it, you know, where we sit, you know, if you've got a lamp right next to you, if it's electric, unplug it. Uh, you know, if you want to adjust it and kick your feet up and lay back, plug it in, get into position. You can get one of these, local remote control devices. You know, you can buy them from Home Depot or Lowe's. Uh, they're like 10 bucks with a remote control. It's just, it's just handling whatever's plugged into that circuit. It's not turning off the circuit, but it's turning off the device. That's what I'm using now to turn it on. It's just this one power cord that's next to me here. And, and that turns it on and off. Now, so, if that plug had a ground, if it had the third prong, does that make it less of a problem? Um, you can have a grounded, you can have a, a uh, well, all the wiring in your house should be grounded unless you're living in an old house. But when you uh, plug something house. in, like some plugs have the two prongs and some plugs like usually on beefier things that you're plugged right. in will have that third plug. Does that make a difference in the fields that are coming off of it? It can do. It depends how the device is wired. But like with my really um, with my iPad, if I use a grounded cord, which I now have, uh, I can have it sitting on my lap and it makes no difference whatsoever. From an electric field point of view, the Wi-Fi and the RF is something different. But um, but if I plug it into the two prong cord, uh, you know, that Apple supplied me with because they don't supply the grounded cord anymore. Um, then, like I said, when I touch the iPad, it went from twenty five hundred with it just being in front of me like it is now, like two feet away. Uh, but if I actually physically touch the iPad, which is how you interact with an iPad, yeah. my body voltage went up to 40,000. If I use a grounded cord, it doesn't go up at all. Yeah, one thing I noticed when I was going through the house testing, I spent a lot of time in my kids' rooms because uh, you know I'm old, but I'm worried about them. And they get, they have, kids. they're probably growing up with 10 times the exposure that oh, you grow crazy. With. Yeah, I didn't want to yeah. think about it, but. I'm testing my daughter's area and I 
she goes to school now in her room with an iPad or not an iPad, a MacBook. So she normally keeps it plugged in all the time. So I tested it with it plugged in and then I unplugged it and it was a big difference sitting at the desk. So I've asked her like, keep it unplugged. And when the charge is low, plug it in. And then when it's walk charged, away, go get a sandwich. Oh yeah. And then unplug it. Yeah. Try to, you know, let the battery go down, use the battery and just mm -hmm. charge it. So there's a big difference from it being plugged in 24 hours a day or Huge. an hour every Huge. couple of days. And especially for little girls who they have that laptop, that device that's, you know, around their waist area. Uh, you know, when, when a female is born, she has in her body all the eggs she will ever, ever have. That's a so good point. if they grow up, and those eggs get cooked, she's done. Fertility is becoming a crisis in the Western, actually all over the world. Uh, men between the age of 20 and 40 have 50% of the fertility than they used to have. A lot of couples are having real problems having children. Men that keep the cell phone in their front pocket instead of the back pocket, they're their um, fertility rate is down by 70%. Those that keep it in their back pocket, it's a 50% impact on the boys. We're lucky, we, we reproduce those on a monthly basis. But the girls, that little girl is born with all the eggs she's ever gonna have. And if she wants to have children, you better take care of those eggs. That's really- If you wanna be a grandpa, that's you really need to a, keep your little girl away from EMF. Yeah, it's a really scary concept you bring up there. I would hate to end right. this on a dark note like that. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, um, get it. Give get us some us, hope before before we wrap this up. Okay. Well, I'm sure everybody listening is aware of microbes. We are in today's world, COVID and things like that. Why? So we, we wash our hands. Uh, you know, we don't want to get food poisoning. So we wipe down the counter. We cook our food. We wash our hands. We, we just need to be, learn to do the same thing with, uh, with EMF. We need to like wash our hands of EMF. It's not gonna go away, but we're gonna keep the level of EMF in our environment below a certain level so that our bodies are not compromised. Our immune system can do what it was designed to do and, and keep us healthy. We, we live in a self-healing, self-correcting mechanism. And as long as we give it all the resources that it needs and stay out of its way, it will keep us healthy. There, there's a few, you know, situations where you say, well, what about that? Well, okay, but 99% of the time, what I just said is, is true. And I think everybody just instinctively knows that. So uh, be informed, um, you know, get a meter and, and measure. If you have an electrical device. So the best way for them to do that is to go to emfsleep.com forward slash mindful. Uh, EMF sleep safe sleep EMF sleep safe.com forward slash mindful yeah okay. EMF sleep safe.com forward slash mindful and we will and that's, link uh, that in the show notes for the listeners out there if you have it and then if you have any questions send it and if I get questions that are there, there, there's a good chance we get questions will be over my head. So I might send you some questions from the audience. Sure. And, um, see if you could chime in to help. Well, if in a few weeks you get a good response and there's lots of people asking, then 
uh, you know, of course, entirely up to you if you want to do a follow up and we can address some of those questions and issues uh, on, on another show or I'll be more than happy to uh, respond to those questions, you know, via email or something like that. Of course, we want people to be uh, to be informed. We want you to be health, healthy. We want to help you be mindful. So, <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. Um, I'm very grateful, Anthony, that you took the time to have this chat with me today. Um, I'm really passionate about getting the being a conduit for good things to help people improve their lives. And I think this is really um, kind of overlooked. I think that'll change over the next five, 10 years or so as more and more, more and more people learn about it. But I am really grateful for the work that you guys are doing and the product you put together. It's helped me and my family personally. So it really means a lot. And for the listeners out there, I want to thank you for tuning in. I'm grateful for your listening, and I hope you got some value out of this. And if you know somebody that doesn't have the help they want, and you think that maybe this is a potential underlying issue, maybe you could forward this conversation with them and maybe open their eyes to something that might be helpful. So once again, everybody out there, thanks for tuning in, and I hope everyone has a great day. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks again for tuning in and I'm grateful for your listening. If you have any questions about this episode, shoot us, uh, shoot them our way and either myself or I'll get Anthony to uh, do his best to respond to your questions. And if you did have value of this and you feel like you know someone else would, then please share it. And of course, if you haven't subscribed to our channel yet, please do. I hope you're enjoying these episodes. And if you are, please leave us uh, a five-star review on your player. Um, And that's a wrap for today. I hope you guys have a terrific day.